Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode, newest episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, you're back. You're back on the grid, and things things are things are looking good. I'm happy to see your face, Miles. We took we took a little time off, but but you know what? We're back. We're back, and it's good to see your face. It, it's good to see your face too, and it's. I feel like I've been saying this a lot recently, but it's good to be back in the saddle, back in, back in the at one for one HQ. It's been a couple good weeks. Um, oh. Like you said, I was off the grid. A lot of a lot of high highs, a lot of low lows. So we're excited to be back and talk a little bit of hockey and and maybe even recap some stories. Who knows? Oh man, I it's you know it's I was I was kind of going over this last week, and I'm like. Man, there's a lot of shit to talk about <laughs> because, um, yeah, like a a lot happened, um, in 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 not only just like hockey or sorry with the Oilers, but hockey in general, life. Um, Elon Musk bought Twitter today. That that that's a thing. Um, you know, things are things we're I think we're living in a weird alternate reality. Um, I've also started going to the gym again. We were just talking about this before we started recording, and that's and, that, and that's been a lot of fun. So I've just become an absolute like health asshole now. Um, I went to my you dad's. Were just an, you were just an asshole before. And now you're a health asshole. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you got it. Um, I went to my dad's. Uh, a couple weekends ago and I kept on like making like little digs at him where he's like what do you want for dinner and I'm like ah, I don't know dad uh, and he's like well how about we order pizza and I said I don't know carbs after dark that's not that's not good I don't know if I can do that and he's like and then he ordered the pizza because obviously I'm not going to turn down a delicious pepperoni pizza and I'm like halfway through my first slice and I said oh man this is going to kill my macros for the night and he's like Nolan, shut the fuck up about your macros. I will kill you. Actually, I don't think he said he'll, he'll kill me because he'd be like, I would never say that to you, son. You mean too much to me. And I'd be like, Dad, that's enough. He, sh- he should have, man. No, like, no one wants to hear, not <laughs> not you, like not you in general, but like generally speaking, no one oh. wants to hear the, this isn't like, Oh, oh, I can't have the carbs. The like fucking the, the fat's not gonna work to me. I had some avocado earlier, and it's gonna push me over. Like fucking shut up. Yeah, eat the pizza. Life is short. Exactly. Get it, and, get it in ya. Yeah, and and the lesson I and the lesson that I've learned through life is everything in moderation is perfectly fine. You know, absolutely. It's a different story if you're like if you're fucking putting back a Big Mac and 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 six piece nuggets every night, but you know. You want to put that Big Mac back in six-piece nuggets on like a couple nights a week? That's okay, you know. As long as as long as you're loving life, and that and that's all that matters is if you're loving life. And fucking segue of the year, the Oilers are loving life right now. Booyah! Yeehaw, Mima. Miles, do you want to give the people a rundown? I would love to, Nolan. Welcome back to another episode of one for one we are recapping the games against the minnesota wild the game against nolan didn't put the team here i'm going to do a little bit of deductive deducing i'm not gonna um it was the predators the preds uh we're gonna recap the game against the vegas golden knights recap the game against the stars recap the game against i'm trying to figure colorado 
Colorado again. Oh, yeah, they played them twice. And then the most recent game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll move into a little bit of Edmonton Oilers discussion overall, as there is much to talk about, much to celebrate. And then we have a host of NHL topics, some sad, some happy, and some just overall that will lead to, uh, to, to what might be a fun little debate in this episode. Who's to say? Who's to know? But Nolan, with yes. that out of the way, why don't you take us on a little time machine back to April 12th for the game against the Minnesota Wild? Man, that was a while ago. Now, I will tell everyone initially, I'm not going to com- recap every game. We have six fucking games here. That is absurd. That's way too much work for me. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, it's just, I just, I just, I just can't do that. That's just, uh, that's just a little too much. I, you know, I got, I got too many places to be too little time. Um, so that's just, uh, that's, that's just not going to happen. But we will do, we'll talk about some of my favorite moments. And one of my favorite moments was in this game against Minnesota because I've titled it Hall of Fame Level Bad. And I, I use those words very aptly. Is, is, that, is, that, is that a word? Aptly? Apt? Aptly? Uh, that's I think right. so. But even if it isn't, you're going to argue with me about the effectiveness <laughs> of it, the pronunciation of it. So after the emotions of that Colorado shootout loss that we talked about, last episode um the boys had to come back with the vengeance and you know what they looked to one man a six foot seven finnish monster miko koskinen it was his net that night and a theme that pops up throughout this game uh and, and luckily didn't hold up too much throughout this week um was was that this was not a this was not a tremendous night for Duncan Keith, uh, because very early on in the game, uh, Freddie Gaudreau gets a beautiful dish from Duncan Keith. Yes, I said that correctly. To be left alone in front of Miko Koskinen, one nothing wild, phenomenal. After Kevin Fiala made it two nothing. By the way, Duncan Keith was on the ice for that. Uh, Duncan Keith sends another gorgeous pass to Evan Evan Bouchard with two wild four checkers on him. So I, I, I don't I don't know if you I don't know if you watched this game at all um, when it happened, Miles, but. Um, this pass was to poor Evan Bouchard, and he had what looked to be a whole pack of of rabid Minnesota Wild closing in on him, like he was a little piece of like his little piece of of steak, a little a little piece of beef, and these wolves were coming to attack. Sorry, I saw the movie The Northman uh, on the weekend, so I, I really have uh, I really have wolves and like Viking imagery in my head. It's it was great, by the way. There's uh, nothing, nothing wrong with a little bit of, of Viking lore. We love to see it. Yes, we we absolutely do. I'm riding to Valhalla sometime soon. Uh, and uh, yeah, so obviously sends the puck to Evan Bouchard. What happens when you have a couple four checkers on you? I don't know. Probably going to turn it over. Turns it over to Kevin Fiala. Wow, Kevin Fiala again. Three nothing wild. Then a little bit later, Ryan Hartman left wide open in front of Miko Koskinen. Wow, by who guessed it? Duncan Keith. Four nothing wild. Um, then Tyson Berry, another uh, frequent. But you know what? I'll go easy on Tyson Berry. He's since the Brett Kulak acquisition. Hear me out. He hasn't been bad. Tyson oh, Berry they, loses. <laughs> they pair. They pair. They pair very nicely off of each other. They're complementary. They they do. They do. I'm I'm very glad you said that. Uh, Ryan Hartman though. Uh, Gets gets in front of Tyson Berry and nabs his second of the game. Five nothing wild. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, 
Leon gets 51. Hoo-ha, that's all, folks. Uh, shots 20 to 23. Oilers, even in the dot, out-hit by the Wild. This is not a game you like to see. Um, at the end of the day, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. And I think with the the streak that the Oilers have been on the last little while, I can put up with losses like this. Um, it, it, like I said, every, every team is going to have a bad game. You always, I mean, you're going to have those games that uh, were friggin' Tampa loses six, nothing to some dog shit team or, I mean, but at, at least it was to Minnesota. At least they didn't play down to their competition. And that's what makes me somewhat happy about it. Uh, did you have any thoughts on this game at all, Miles? Uh, this is going to be a great episode, uh, Nolan, especially from my part, because I didn't watch any of these games. You didn't watch a single Oilers game, hey? Did not watch a single Oilers game. Wow. Yeah, I know. Fake fan alert. Boop, boop. At this moment in time for this game, um, checks notes. I was in Las Vegas, Nevada. So there was a couple. You just doxed yourself. What does that mean? Uh, a doxing is when you well technically it's when you reveal your own address but i i'm using it in like a very lazily term because i'm just saying that you just gave away where you were because i said you were off the grid you didn't say you were in vegas yeah but i mean like come on come on go. anyways so go yeah back to i was i was cranked like high voltage crank like electrocuted by the way if you haven't seen the movie crank miles you should watch crank Man, I have. What movies have I seen? I've seen six movies in my whole life. Shrek one, Shrek two, Shrek three, Cars one, Cars two, Cars three. That's it. Happy Gilmore. Okay, so I've seen seven. Miles, have you been have you been accidentally in love? I don't know what that what. That's from what? Shrek two. What okay, I've never seen it. I don't know. You just said Shrek one. Shrek two. So he's a fake fan. He's a fake film critic. He is a liar. He's a fraud, ladies and gentlemen. Overall scumbag in general. Speaking of scumbags, <laughs> was this the game that Ryan Hartman gave Evander Kane the finger? It sure was, Miles. I'm so glad you brought that up uh, because I time is a flat circle, and I just seem to forget things. Um, you, because you said segue of the year, and then I hit you with that one. So that's a good one. That's a pretty good segue. Okay, he's friends, he's friends, he's yeah. been gone, but he's not rusty, ladies and gentlemen. So like yeah, that's pardon. Because you said because you said like rusty, and then I said like Chris oh, Russell. But that's a that's, tough nickname. That is a tough nickname. I used to play hockey with a kid whose dad called him Rusty, and it was like the natural chirp was dusty rusty i just it was not very good <laughs> i just think of like chris russell's knees breaking down at a very early age like he's like 30 and they're calling him rusty and he's like guys shut up i'm not that old guys stop everything's fine <laughs> as he gets up off the couch any hoosers so a lot was said about this interaction between hartman and kane and like a lot of people were calling kane a scumbag and hartman was saying a bunch of stuff about how like nobody jumped in to defend him and and whatnot. Um, I would like to hear your opinion on it because I saw the replay of it and I feel like Hartman was kind of grasping at straws a little bit because it seemed to, to me, I, mean, I, I want your opinion, but I'm not going to stop talking. Um, it seemed like there was like a hit or something like that. Yamamoto on somebody and then a bunch of guys jump Yamo and it seemed like the puck was very far away from where all of this was happening. 
Um, so Yama was getting dogged and then Kane came up and started like grabbing guys. And then there was just happened to be more wild players at the scene of the event. Um, then there were Oilers players and the Oilers guys came maybe not as quick as they should have. Um, but it seems like they kind of came from wherever they were and, and grabbed in and grabbed partners and stuff. But it was a little, a little too late where Kane was just getting mobbed, but was like kind of holding his own. I don't know. I don't think that it was a, a, uh, no one's come to your defense because you're a shitty teammate kind of moment that Hartman was trying to. No, to I think he's. I think he's just trying to sort of get ahead of the other team and sort of paint the Oilers as like a, like a broken locker room or something. But interesting. You know, it, it's actually kind of a, it's actually kind of an oxymoron, really, more than anything, or ironic, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But that <laughs> adding Evander Kane has made this locker room so much more tighter. <laughs> So much more tighter. Like it is so much more tighter. <laughs> Please don't clip that. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, like, it's I, I've, I'm honestly shocked. And maybe, maybe we can get into the the fear. I think every Oilers fan has, and I think for 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 good reason. Um, maybe when we talk about overall Oilers stuff, um, because, uh. uh Miles, I'm I'm getting a little concerned. Okay. Well, save your tears, Nolan, because after that Hall of Fame level bad game, or did you have anything else you wanted to say? No, it's fine. We can move on. Because the next game Oh, is... oh, oh, one last thing. Uh we should, oh! we should we should mention we should mention the Ryan Hartman fine because he flipped the bird oh, to yeah. Evander Cade. Yeah. So in case no, nobody knew, um, uh, Ryan Hartman flips the bird to Evander Kane as he's being pulled away in the scrum, gets fined five thousand dollars. Then Anna Kane decides that she's going to post on her Instagram story that she donated $200 to Ryan Hartman's uh, middle finger, which is pretty funny. And then a bunch of like a bunch of fans all chimed in and all donated money. I think he ended up donating or I think he raised like 20 grand or something like that. I th- and, dude, I think it was even more than that. And he he gave it the initiative of the Children's Hospital in Minnesota, which is, which is a fucking baller move. So. I am going to use the term rock star three times in this episode, and this will be one of them. That's pretty rock star. A, giving Evander Kane the finger around the ref after a scrap. Pretty sweet. Um, Getting money from his ex-girlfriend, ex-wife. Pretty sweet. Turning that around into a charitable donation that piggybacks off of other initiatives and goes to a really good cause rock star overall rock star usage one thank you ryan hartman <laughs> um yeah okay anyways but i don't think there's anything else to mention with regards to that game um shall we move on to the nashville game yes lovely do you want to do you want do you want me to get it going or you want to start it <laughs> i'm not going to contribute anything to it nolan because i haven't seen it well you know miles what to say about nashville I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. And I think it I think at this point, if you're not betting Leon Dreisidel to score over two and a half points against the Nashville Predators, you are insane. And he's, the, he's actually the mayor of Nashville, I heard. Yeah. I read that. I <laughs> yeah. read that somewhere. 
so that he the uh the Oilers fans changed the Wikipedia page of Nashville to place it to making Leon Dreisaitl the mayor of Nashville because Leon Dreisaitl if you guys didn't know had a hattie against the Nashville Predators Mike Smith returning to the cage for this one Chris Russell also returned to the also returned to the lineup as Jay Woodcroft goes back to eleven and seven the combination that worked so well at the beginning of his tenure, um, as well as a little bit more into his tenure. So uh, we like to see a little bit of 11-7 action. I think it, I, I really enjoy it because I think it's it just makes everything a lot simpler on the defenseman. And for a team where they're, let's put it nicely, uh, de- defensively inefficient at times, it helps a little bit to go 11-7 and seven, uh, because I think that they have enough forward depth where they're able to sort of, stack guys and you know you don't have to, you still don't have to play Connor McDavid 23 minutes a game you can p- still play him that 1920 but you can maybe chuck up the minutes of a Ryan Nugent Hopkins to like a 17 or 18 minutes or you know minutes a game kind of guy I to, to be honest I actually kind of maybe want the Oilers to go 11 and 7 in the playoffs I don't know I don't know about you I don't know if you really thought about that at all but it's something I would be interested in anyways I mean, there's not really much to say about this except for the fact that Leon Dreisettle had almost a natural hat trick, scores his 52nd, 53rd, and 54th game or 54th goal of the season, which, um, knock, knock, Austin Matthews, chomp, chomp, chomp. Leon Dreisettle is biting at your tail, buddy. Darnell Nurse adds his ninth of the year, which is pretty uh, and a shorty, by the way. We should mention that was a shorthanded goal. That was shorty is like always, a melody in my head. We always love to see a shorthanded goal uh, on the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, the uh, I I can't remember who scored the goal, but there was a goal scored by Nashville. Um, but my goodness, the Oilers video coach, uh, what the hell is his name again? Um, because I I got I gotta give him a shout. I, I fucking I always forget his name, Jer J- Jeremy Kupal. Man, what a guy! This guy has saved so many goals for Mike Smith. It's insane. I feel like he's actually. <laughs> sa- I feel like he's like genuinely has saved probably seven goals for Mike Smith so far in this. Mike season. Smith keeps him on retainer. He's not actually the video coach. He's just independently contracted by <laughs> Michael Michael J Smith. He's just become a paralegal for Mike Smith. <laughs> um. Yeah, so really awesome stuff. Mike Smith, huge shout out. We and we'll get to how Mike Smith has been because um, Jesus Christ, it's uh, it's looking good. Uh, shots uh, shots thirty two to thirty for the Oilers. Face off fifty one percent for the Oilers. Two of four in the uh, two of four in the power play. Uh, hits thirty one to thirty, pretty evenly matched, and yeah. Big win. Would you, would Big you like win to hear, against Nashville? Would you like to hear what I was doing for this game? Uh, was it? Were you intoxicated for it? No, I was oh. not. At the, at this point, I was semi sober. Um, okay. actu- actually, during this game, um, my flight to Calgary was getting delayed, and then I lost my bag in Regina. Oh, so things were things were excellent Thursday Th- evening. Things were less than ideal. Uh, I said excellent, but I was being facetious. Yeah, they were less. They they were not great. <laughs> it was it was a stressful time. We were uh, we were leaving Las Vegas and we're sitting on the 
tarmac or whatever and like i am like stupid hungover like four day vegas hungover body's not working the the mind is weak the body is weaker and i finally like get into the plane seat and i sit down and i'm like oh my gosh. so i i i go to sleep right and i wake up a few you know, some, some time later, and I check my phone, and I see a significant amount of time has passed, like the first number on the clock has changed. So I'm like, I look out the window, and I see cement. And I'm like, Oh, my God, like, where were you? I, I sleep the whole flight. And I look over at Mal. And she's like, Oh, no, we actually haven't even left yet. We've been sitting on the tarmac. For oh. an hour. I was like, No, dude. Do you want to? I, I know that we're kind of getting off topic, but do you want to hear about the worst flight I've ever taken? Absolutely. Okay, so it was when I went to Regina. In I flew from Toronto to Regina in October of 2020. So it was the very first flight I took, like basically mid post pandemic, however you want to call it. But I get the email that I have to take a connecting flight. They know they're not no longer doing the direct flight from Toronto to Regina, so I have to take a connecting flight to Calgary. Sick. That's your first problem there. I hate fly I, over I, states, baby. I, I hate going to Calgary. I just Calgary airport, drives me nuts. Calgary Airport has never yielded positive returns for the boys. Let's just say. That. I feel like I feel like FFK can even back that up. Um. Anyways, so. I get to Calgary before I got on the flight in Toronto, little nervous because you're taking a, a flight mid panty, which is not fun. So what did I naturally decide to do? Get a little drunk before spent a hundred and six dollars at the bar because beers are like $8 or not even eight. They're fucking like $11 there. So had a lot of beer. Meanwhile, I'm wearing an N95 mask on this flight. So it like it's it hurts your nose. So it just everything is just terrible. I try and watch Goodwill Hunting. I feel like I'm going to puke. I get to I I eventually pass out on my flight from Toronto to Calgary. I get to Calgary, man, and I'm like I wake up and I'm I'm like hungover. It's not I'm still drunk. I'm I'm hungover. I have this shit breath because my fuck because my beer breath has been just encaved in this N95 mask. I have a big red mark on my nose. I'm pretty sure I had a sore I'm pretty sure I had a sore throat or something like that when I woke up. I'm like, "Oh, isn't this spectacular?" Um yeah, and then I had to walk that stupid, stupid airport to get to my flight to Regina. And then, the, but th- that wasn't even the worst part about my flight. My worst part about my flight was the flight from Calgary to Regina. It's like an hour long, but it felt like an eternity. I was trapped in this seat. And y- you'd think, mid-pandemic, we don't want to completely sell out flights. Ain't wrong. No, we're going to completely pack it. It's just this big, uh, 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 big container of compressed breath and nasty fucking people chemicals and it was just awful i i don't know how to describe it and i just say one thing you started that story off by saying decided to get a little drunk and i just kind of did the math you drank like fucking nine beer at the airport yeah i did that's in, that's not a little drunk like that's pretty <laughs> like that's pretty drunk Nolan. like Miles. i don't care who you are if you're drinking nine pints of beer you're not operating heavy machinery miles 
I can put the beer back. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. Yeah, apparently. You fucking drink nine airport beer. You must be a millionaire. This guy's got more money than uh, than, than George Clooney or, or um, something. No, you can thank Visa for that one. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Anyways. You, you know, know who you know? can you know who you can thank for the next Oilers win? I I put it all Mike, on black. <laughs> Michael J. Smith, run it back. <laughs> The, and this was the this was the game of um of unlikely heroes as we'll call it, uh because first period, Zach Cassian was just about on the shit list because this is following multiple games where Zach Cassian has looked completely checked out. Looks like he does not want to play whatsoever, and he didn't look great in the Columbus game yesterday. I will I will mention that has a wide open net. Logan Thompson is on is on his side. Wide open net. What does Zach Cassian do? Passes it back to Chris Russell. And Chris Russell comes in, snipes his first goal since I think January of 2019 or something like that. Something Unbelievable. insane. Yeah. Rockstar, cowboy, a total okay. psychopath. Um, but... My my favorite part about this was this is in the midst of like the Edmonton media being very anti Yesipoliarvi, in which Don't God say damn his it, name, people! Dude. He's he's Voldemort at this point. Don't say God the guy's damn it, name. people! Um, yeah, Mark Spector is a f- <laughs> yeah. He can. I I. Uh. Anyways, so like Zach Cassian makes this play. And what does the Edmonton media do? Well, the anti-Puyarvi Edmonton media. What do they do? The patience on Zach Cassian. <laughs> He's back. Playoff cast. What a what a move by Zach Cassian. I'm like, okay. I appreciate that he made that pass because luckily Chris Russell scored. If nine out of ten, or like if, if you ran that simulation over ten times, does Chris Russell score on three of them probably not i think that you got really lucky on that one and we need to just be like hey cool play by zach cassian awesome we love to see it but that doesn't mean you are off the shit list brother anyways nothing happens in the second period but then the third period comes because codeth cc sir king codeth cc of ottawa ontario scores his fifth of the season which that's freaking sick man like goddamn, what a good signing uh assist by nardal nurse and evander kane then warren fogel with a hell of a move scores his 12th making it three nothing five minutes into the third and finally to close up the game 15 minutes left in the game or sorry five minutes left in the game ryan nugent hopkins Scores his 11th of the year, which is a little sad. Uh, we we all thought it was initially Evander Kane that scored this, but no, it ended up being Ryan Nugent Hopkins to seal the game 4 nothing for the Edmonton Oilers. A shorthanded goal. Shorties like a melody, right, Miles? Shorties like a melody in my head. Yeah. There there you go. Um, and yeah, just a hell of a game. And I don't and I don't know if you noticed, Miles, uh, when when I when I mentioned off all that stuff. Um do you know who I who I didn't say, Miles? Connor McDavid. Or Leon Dreisaitl. 
Oilers won four nothing, and there was not a single point awarded to Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid. You don't you don't want to the term you love to see it is maybe not correctly used in this in this instant instance, but you do it's you do love to see it a little bit. A divisional rival dub in the midst of like an intense playoff push battle at this point, right? At this point in time, Vegas is is charging. Um and to get secondary scoring and win the game four nothing on the shut like out of back to back Mike Smith shutout with like some pretty unlikely heroics. Cool. Nice. Very taking cool care stuff. of business. Yeah. And the thing I really liked about this game too is that the Oilers were outshot, but they weren't really outshot. Um, if you watch this game, you'll know you'd notice that the Oilers decor was were just we're only allowing outside shots to Mike Smith. There was barely any grade A opportunities for the Vegas Golden Knights. And even if there was, Mike Smith was there to cover it all up, which is really good. And I, I've said this, like, Jay Woodcroft taking over has made the game easier on both Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. Mike Smith was bad under Jay Woodcroft. And we'll get to Mike Smith, like I said. But... I think when you have a proper defensive structure, whether or not your defensemen are good or not, makes it a hell of a lot easier on the goaltenders and makes it a hell of a lot more. Uh, how do I how do I put this? Um, it, it makes me more optimistic going into the playoffs because I don't think that these that these goaltenders have to be shelled by grade A chances every ten seconds. No, it's it's more it's palatable. It's much easier on the eyes, we'll say. Palatable, but fine. <laughs> um, I feel I feel like I need to justify what I was doing for all of these games because I didn't watch any. Um, do you want to know what I was doing for this one for Jack y- Yikesel? Uh, yes. Easter, Easter dinner with my family. Well, that's 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 a that's a lovely evening. It was. Um, do you know what's not lovely? Kind of got drunk at it. Oh, well, <laughs> is that not lovely? I feel like that sounds kind of lovely. It is, but I mean, you two days removed from Vegas and you're cranking booze again. Probably not what the doctor ordered. But anyway, we don't uh, we don't like to talk about that. We don't like to focus on that. Miles, do you like do you, do you like my title for this game? I do. Yes. <laughs> What's it titled, Miles? Famous stars and straps. Dude, does that not make you want to listen to a Soldier Boy drum cover? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I want to hear, I want to listen to a bangerang cover more. Oh. Shout out steak and bacon. Shout out steak and bacon. He had a pod he he had, he had a podcast appearance. Pretty yeah, proud, and he, and he also he's man. also in a group chat with the worst hockey takes of all time. Oh, so we man. take that with a grain of salt. I, I would I would actually love to I would actually love to have him join for an episode of the podcast where we basically just say, okay, what is the obsession with Bo Horvat? Oh my god! <laughs> Say he doesn't even play on your favorite team. Why? Why is this a thing? Obsessions with Bo Horvat, criminally underrating and incorrectly spelling Drysital, and just loving Mitch Marner, and and also and Patrick Jonathan Kane. Tavares and Patrick Kane. Yeah, yeah. insanity. He loves Patrick Kane. I've, I yeah, like oh, it completely insane. Horrid. Um, anyways, Oilers, stars and straps, just. Just want to keep up that lead. At this point, the Oilers haven't clinched, but they can smell it. They can just they 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 can start to taste it. So close, you can almost taste it. 
Release your inhibitions. Feel the rain on your work. Dick. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to leave it and let you bleep it. And then, I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> but the Oilers can, or uh, sorry, uh, Oilers going back to Mike Smith again. So that's three nights in a row. Uh, looking to get revenge on Dallas for the late game collapse in the last meeting. That was a tough, tough, tough loss. I do not, I do not miss that game. Um, that was but, the game you and uh, Kylie Hodge talked about, eh? Uh, yes, it was because yes. the the the, fl- the flames also had their collapse as well. Yes, correct, Mundo. Sorry, um, continue as you yeah, were. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but I gotta say, there's not really much to say because it was total utter domination by the Edmonton Oilers in this game. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just go through the scoring here. Evander Kane scores his 17th of the season. Connor McDavid McDavid with his 69th point or 69th assist of the season. Hell yeah. That's the second use. That's the second time I will use rockstar in this episode. Oh, okay. I'm I'm excited for the last time. (laughs) Then only three minutes later, the Carhartt King miles, his truck is running. The underground parking at Rogers is just is just black. You can't see anything through the haze of diesel exhaust. That's just filling the underground parking. Connor McDavid's Range Rover is absolutely drenched in soot <laughs> because Derek Ryan just scored a goal. Scores his ninth of the season off an assist by Ryan McLeod. Point in two straight games, by the way. And Tyson Berry, who's quietly putting together like a pretty decent statistical season which uh maybe that'll help his trade value we'll see uh then uh so yeah two nothing edmonton looking good everything is everything is feeling good uh but then jason robertson scores his 37th of the year fuck me he has been awesome this season and this is the thing about dallas is they are a one line team buddy. yeah i was going to say isn't it, it hasn't robertson Rope Rope Haynes and Joe Pavelski, better known as Ho Pavelski, accounted for like sixty percent of their scoring or something. It's something in it's, it's something insane. It's, I think they've I think it's forty eight percent. Yeah, but that's so, still a ridiculous number. From three fucking guys. Yeah. What what about your two stars making nine million dollars? I said this. Trash bags. I said this. Um Hold on. Let me actually pull up the tweet. I, I I don't know. I don't know if you have any of the stats in front of you that you can kind of read off because I really want to. I really want to find this tweet that I that I I did all the, I did all of the uh, the homework on, and I want to no, read I, off to you. I remember. Keep scrolling for it. I'll kill some time. But like Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben are probably the two biggest anchors in the NHL at this moment for what uh, they're getting paid and what they're expected to do on their team. Like Dallas is the eighth place team at the moment. They're in the last playoff spot in the NH- or in the Western conference in the NHL. Cause the Eastern conference is set already. And your two stars, your leaders, your front men, the player that is a couple years removed from having his own like Mario graphic, super Mario brothers graphic made about his contract resigning has like 30 fucking points. So here's the tweet. Think your team's worst contract is bad? Jamie Ben signed an eight-year, $76 million deal, 9.5 per in 2016. Horrible. After nabbing 79 points in 2017-18, he has played at a 52-point pace since. He has three more years to go with a full no-movement clause. 
That's bleak. Like he's like a forty point player at this point. Yeah, for nine and, and, a, half nine and a half million dollars. dollars. That's like, I think Gaudreau is going to get paid more, but that's like a contract comparable that they're using for Johnny Gaudreau. I, <laughs> and he's put it, and he's got over hundred. So Ben, Mister Ben, Mister Mister Jamie, put a visor on because uh, you got to see things a little more clearly. But I think that he's like a buyout candidate for sure. If oh, they dude. if they can even afford to do it, but like that's that's br- that's that's even if they can buy him out because that's like a 2016 deal. They may not even be able to buy him out. That might be like a signing bonus one where it's like it's, it's all like buyout proof. It's probably kind of like Lucic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's and, and a total non-factor. He's a total non-factor of a player. I was watching. I'm like, where the fuck is Jamie Ben? <laughs> like he's so bad. He's done. He's cooked anyways back to the game i should go back to my stuff here yes king uh yeah so jason robertson scores his 37th of the year uh then rupe hints or as miles likes to call him rope hints has this gets his 35th pines oh sorry rope pines gets his 35th of the year so just a a bunch of a bunch of demons and man joe pavelski too i've Pavelski. He's not a hoe. He's a he's sweet. A, he's a sweet old man because he's, he's a like how. He's a how. I love him so much. He's such a good player. Um, gets thirty fifth of the season. You know what? Dallas is tied up. But you know what? I have I have I have high faith in these Edmonton Oilers. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I have faith in thy Edmonton Oilers because not long after. Zachary Martin Hyman, he is a children's author, by the way, scores his 25th of the season, setting a career high in goals. Hell yeah, brother. Assisted by Leon Dreisaitl and Evan Bouchard. Then, Miles, who scored his 14th of the season? <clears throat> there you go. After getting just completely slob knockered by Mark Spector. And the Edmonton media, he decides to say, shove it up your fucking arse and scores his 14th of the season off of a assist from Evan Bouchard and Connor McDavid. You you know as well as I do that sweet angel boy, Yesay, would never say, shove it up your arse to Mark Spector. He'd be like, hey, have some cotton candy or like, go to the sauna, something like that. Yeah, come on, Yefa. Yeah, come on, Mark. You're crazy. You're talking crazy, Mark. Man, I just please. Mark Spector's a fossil. He's a fucking loser. I Land- sorry. There's there's no better way to describe him. He's a loser. Yeah. He, so any chance we had of Louis DeBrus coming on? Just fucking going off the window. So well, we, I mean, we we already had a Sportsnet employee. So sorry, like sorry, but like there's there's no other way of putting it. Mark Mark Spector's a loser. He's he's he clearly picks pot shots with players that he doesn't like, and that's and that's fine. But if you're gonna do that, then you have to be able to take the smoke, brother, because. He 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 clearly can't because he went on this whole like since when since when do expected goals mean more than actual goals? It's like my guy. This is exactly what led to the Oilers signing Tyson Berry to three years. Is like all of his underlying numbers were not good, and then he gets put in a position where he's on the league's best power play, playing with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidel. Puts up these awesome numbers. They re-sign them. Then all the fucking talking heads are like, I mean, they just they just signed the leading scoring defenseman for four and a half million dollars. I mean, isn't that worth something? Well, uh, no. When he's like probably the worst defenseman in his own end in the NHL, like Andel has words to say. 
Well, oh, sorry. Okay, second worst. <laughs> That's but 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 still, imagine signing Keith Yandel for four and a half million dollars. No thanks. That's psychotic, right? Like, <laughs> and Tyson Bear. Like, no offense to Tyson. Once again, come on the pod, Tyson. You're you, see, you seem like a great guy, but might be like the second worst defenseman in his own end in the NHL. Who knows? Maybe. But now he has Brett Kulak. But now he has his friend Brett. And things are looking upwards. So let's be let's be positive rigatonis for the rest of the episode about young Tyson. Anyways. So going back to that. Uh yes, Paul Yarvey, 14th goal of the season. And then luckily in the third period, with three seconds left in the game, just because he said fuck it, why not? Connor McDavid naps the empty 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 netter for his forty third goal of the season. Great. 5-2, Edmonton win. Outshot <laughs> the Stars 50-36. to 36. Put up a 50-piece on these bitches. Awesome. Good, good, good stuff. And then, I mean, the Stars Soup. won the, the stars won the draws. Which, who cares? Yeah, who, yeah who, who gives a shit? Um, a couple of, a couple of little s- statistical anomalies I want to mention. Um, Duncan Keith was a career high plus five in this game. Uh- Remember seeing that on the Twit. That's pretty cool. Considering this cool. is a guy that's won two Norrises, pretty pr- pretty cool to see that he like had played plus. on some President's Trophy winning teams, some Stanley Cup winning teams. The fact that like he had his best plus minus game as an Oiler is pretty is Lin sanity. Now let's save that for the playoffs, Duncan. Duncan, uh, Duncan, and that's in seventeen minutes. That's pretty pretty impressive. And Evan Efficient. Bouchard, Evan Bouchard, by the way, naps two no. points in this game. Which means Evan Bouchard has 40 points on the season. That's round of applause for Sir Evan. In what should be a rookie season. Like the whole, the way that the Calder rules are work is so ridiculous. The fact that Michael Bunting is a call is a Calder trophy nominee and Evan Bouchard is not because of like two games is insane to me. But a round of applause for, for the Dentine daddy. We love you. And the best part is. I'm pretty sure he's like, uh, I saw a tweet not that long ago about Evan Bouchard and his even strength points. Um, Even strength. Somebody brought it up. Um, His like even strength points are like historic. He's been, he's been like, he's been cooking at like a near like historic pace because he's not getting any power play time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's, that's awesome. Uh, Guy, I'm so excited to see the future of him. And Jesus Christ, Ken, the moment he's extension eligible, you got to get him locked up now. Because if you move on from Tyson Berry this offseason, then you think, oh, I'm just going to bridge Evan Bouchard. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. It is not an option. Get this guy locked up. If you can can get him for the cleft bomb contract. (laughs) I was thinking about cleft the other day, man. I don't want, why would you even say it? Why would you even say his name? Oh, man. Um, Friggin, uh, one of the uh, people that works for Oilers Nation, uh, Kennedy's Kennedy's trash on Twitter. Yeah, um, she's funny. She she is funny because she always does the like Leon, you hot, you bitch. hot bitch. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, so it's good. Awesome. Um, but she so she made like a like a fan. Ca- I think she made it. It might have been somebody else. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty sure she did though. But it was like a 
it was like a like an Oilers fan cam video to sort of celebrate a win, and there was like there was the La Bamba one before where like all the Oilers are dancing, which is like sick. Um, but she did a new one, and it's to uh, to the new Harry Styles song. And there's a moment at the end of it when it when he's um, when when like the hook hits. Uh, what the fuck is the song called again? Oh, as it was, and then like when the when when the hook comes at the end, and it's like as it was. She has this shot of Clef Bomb like blowing like a, I think he's he's blowing like a birthday uh what, what is it what is it like a zoo. fucking yeah yeah like a uh, kazoo and it just makes me feel so so warm but miss him so much me too i just i, I love that guy i love I that guy so much the, the possibly the hottest oiler oh easy 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 and it, it, it just and he just seems like a good guy too it just fucking oh it sucks sorry i brought sorry you brought him up and sorry i talked about him yeah um bad. but the next game is going to be a really nice one that i'm excited to talk about nolan and one that you have so wonderfully dubbed clinched because he's not talking about his his butt cheeks on the my on butt the, cheeks were clinched in this game though the, i will say no, he's not talking about his butt cheeks on the on the exhibition ferris wheel he's talking about playoffs baby because the Oilers have the had the opportunity to clinch a playoff spot for the third straight year. Yes, I'm counting the play, and it, 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 it if they're going to call that playoff points, then it's 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 the playoffs against. But we don't the, talk about what happened. Yes, <laughs> the, 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 we, we, yeah, we're just going to forget about it uh, against Day the here. mammoth Colorado Avalanche. The Funny, pick for that's the cage. Their lacrosse team. Hmm? The pick for the cage, though. The pick for the cage. Who's going to be in the cage tonight? Oh. Oh, Michael J. Smith. It's Mike Smith again. Four straight starts. God damn it, man. Cut your fucking kid's hair. <laughs> um, Please, for the love of God, give Nico a game. He's starving. <laughs> but uh, about 12 minutes into this game, or sorry, eight minutes into this game, Valerie, Valerie Nichushkin scores his 23rd of the season. Yikes. Stinky. Yeah, that's that's... That's 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 bleak, but luckily this was a second period game because holy smokes, Evander Kane off of pass from Connor McDavid scores his 18th of the season. Yeah, following following that up, less than two minutes later, Evan Bouchard, the Dentine Daddy, scores his 11th goal of the season. Wow. I swear to God, if Evan Bouchard puts up like 45 points in his rookie, like basically rookie season, oh my, oh, there's going to, there's going to be some, there's going to be some feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, quiet 37 assists. We like to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missed then, a lot of time, had a lot of assists, had like had a hard time finding the back of the net and turned it into a cute little season. And just been awesome on the power play. Awesome on the penalty kill. He's just, Awesome he's, just five so cru- on five. he's just so he, crucial this team. He's having like a thankless, a great year, a, a thankless great year. I really want him to get some proper wingers this summer. Like, could you imagine how nice it would be to see like thirty just, Dylan? Well, like a Dylan Holloway, but also like a full blown like actual trigger man on that line, like somebody that can that can shoot the fucking pill, like. 
similar to like I, I don't want this guy because he's a not a very good hockey player, but like similar to like a like a Mike Hoffman sort of thing, mm. where he's just he can just shoot the puck. That's James all. Ne- James Neal when his legs worked. <laughs> James Neal when he was like had like a hundred goals in ten games or whatever for the Edmonton Oilers, and we all thought fifty goals. Rocket Richard is James Neal back? He was not. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Valerie Nuchushkin then ties it up with his 24th of the season. Man, he's been really good, especially replacing Gabriel Landeskog. Then, to close up the period, wow. Miles, Evander Kane got two more freaking goals. Yeah. To line up his very first hat trick with the Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. And making 20 goals on the year. Which, who is he? Played like 37 games? Something That's, like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, less he, than half a season. Yeah, he's been he's been cooking at like a 43-goal pace. Um, still don't really like the guy, uh, but uh, playing really well. And uh, that's uh, that's uh, good to see. I also forgot to mention, Yesipuli Yarvi out for this game, which uh, was sad. Very sad. Did not, did, did not make me very happy. Anyways... Uh, Connor McDavid then, uh, sorry, Kyler Yamamoto then gets his 19th of the season off of, uh, assist from Evander Kane and Connor McDavid four point game for Evander Kane. Then Nathan McKinnon kind of makes a shit our pants a little bit at the very end of the game with his 32nd of the season to make it a two goal game. But then the fucking cowboy clearing out the puck. He says, Nope, not taking the icing. I'm going for it. I'm going for the icing on the cake. Bada boom, bada bing. Chris Russell scores his second of the season, his second goal in like what three games? Yeah, he's fucking, hot. Fucking cowboy. He's on fire. And with that, the Edmonton Oilers have punched their ticket to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to clinch. I, 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 I. That's, that's it. I just want it once once they clinched that I felt better talking about things and talking about the playoffs and talking about getting excited for that. Um but man, huge 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 win. And the my favorite part about that about that whole game was the press conference after. You could tell Jay Woodcroft like you could tell he was really emotional and he didn't really want to give that away. And he didn't want to sort of lead into the whole, like, this is my first playoffs that I'm actually going to as a, as an NHL head coach, but like massive props to Jay Woodcroft. I, I've never as an Edmonton Oilers fan in my 20, I mean, I'm going to be 28 this year, but like in my 26, 25 years of, of being an Edmonton Oilers fan, I've never actively wanted to call a coach but by, like, coach instead of calling him, like, Jay Woodcroft. I thought you were going to say dad. Sorry I to mean, take away from the from the seriousness of what you're saying, but I that's mean, where I was expecting I mean, it to go. Richard, I'm I'm sorry. You've been replaced. I'm, not, I'm just kidding, dad. I love you. Uh, but, man, like... They gotta get him signed to an extension. They gotta get him and Dave Manson back for a very long time. Well, did you see there was a tweet on the Twitter on the on on the Elon app that um, it was like, has uh, Jay Woodcroft done enough to be yeah, signed long term in Edmonton? And then Connor McDavid's agent just replied to it, yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is very sick, very cool. Yeah, 
and I think that I think that the the proof's kind of in the pudding. The like the results are there. The players seem to love him. The fans love him. Like Ken, just just get it done. Get get, get the deal done. You know what? Yes and no. Get the deal done, but like wait till playoffs are done. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's no point announcing that now. Like, yeah, wait, yeah. Yeah. Wait wait till the team is cleaning out their lockers. Hopefully with a with some Dom Perignons or however it's said, I'm not French in the locker room. Cause they're celebrating a C dub, but uh, yeah, Man. be nice. I, but I'm anyways, a cashew for you, Jay, Jay Woodcroft. I love you. I love you coach. I'm, 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 I'm going to start doing that. I'm just going to start calling Jay Woodcroft coach. It's like, that's such a cool fan base thing to do is like you, it's like, you know, you have that power over a fan base when people call you coach. He, yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for him. Anyways, you know what I wasn't thankful for miles? The hangover. Not just the hangover, but the fact that Darnell nurse also left with what seemed to be a uh, injury. He's yeah. They're saying he's going to be back for playoffs. They're saying he's yes. going to be healthy for game one. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be all right. But the Oilers were not okay yesterday <laughs> because they went into Columbus and laid down a total dud. Now, Just an Amber Heard on the bed shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of topical topics, Miles. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. There you go. Um but the Oilers came out gangbusters in this game to in this game to Columbus. I should mention Miko Koskinen finally getting the start. <laughs> you poor bastard! You poor bastard! Because the Oilers saved their shittiest performance for you. Why does um, no one love me? <laughs> but with a win in this game, the Oilers could clinch home ice advantage. Which, with the power of this team at home. What if they won like nine straight games at home or something like that? Dude, their home record this season is stupid. Yeah, I actually like they're good at home. I actually need to find out like what that and that and that was a thing with the Oilers where like they were kind of on and off with it being good at home. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Uh... But real real teams, real contenders win at home, and you have to because your yeah. rink shouldn't be an easy place to play. And while you're looking for that stat, Nolan, I'm going to rant a little bit about why that winning against 26, Colorado. 12 and one at home. Exactly. Great record. It's a great home record. Um, but like that Colorado game, that win means so much because they played them three times, not this season, but three times in like the last month, the yeah. last calendar month. Right. Um, very narrowly lost in overtime when the puck got turned over by Kane and then, uh, McCarr and, and, uh, and Nate came in and scored very narrowly lost that game. Probably should have won that game. Probably deserved to win that game. Uh, overtime loss. And then they lose at home in a shootout. And then they finally win. And a, you know what? The, the Like we've talked about it on the podcast before, some of the comments that get made about like, oh, it's not a real win when Colorado comes to town because something in the water and they play like shit, blah, 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 blah. No, they finally proved that they can skate with one of the better teams in the league. So very, very sick. Very, very good win. Very big team win. Yeah, and it's just it also just shows it's not crumbling under pressure, right? They could have easily dropped that game and they could have said it's Colorado, like. Yeah. But Let's they go clinch in Columbus. They, they 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 rose they rose to the occasion, and that's the most impressive part about that whole win. Um, the, do you remember the deal that 
I had about the Evander Kane hat trick and what that meant for a certain image. Oh, that you were gonna that you were gonna that you were gonna post a DP on the on the one for one account. Yeah, thank you for letting me not do that or letting me get away with not following through on that. Yeah, I I mean I'd rather our account <laughs> not get shut down. I know that you could have put like a you you could have put like a like a realistic but also comically like long black sort of uh rectangle over top of of Sir Dong, but <laughs> Okay, we're done. Move on. So they're playing the black they're it playing like the, Borat. The... <laughs> Borat, Borat. So they're playing the speaking of Borat, they're playing the blue jackets in this game and Koskinen's in net and yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, they, 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 man, they were like, like I said, they came out gangbusters in this game because like literally three minutes in this game, uh, Connor McDavid and Evander came on two on one score and Evander gets his 21st goal of the season. Uh, then Eric Robinson ties it up at the end of the first with his 10th goal of the season. Then in the second period, Oilers get a power play. Do, 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 do like clockwork. Leon Dreisaitl scores a power play goal, getting his 55th goal of the season. So he's, uh. I think he's three behind uh behind big math yeah and man i would love to see leon dress i don't want to rocket richard that'd be so cool <laughs> well yeah okay general oilers discussion there's there's a few points that i want to make about that don't let me forget about my my trophy hangover point okay that sounds that that sounds lovely um anyways then unfortunately the third period a minute and oliver bjorkstrand scores and Man, if there's one guy you should not leave open, it's Oliver Bjorkstrand because he's a very good player. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the Columbus Blue Jackets get a power play off a pretty sus call uh, by the officials uh, for too many men, uh, even though the Oilers uh, had the puck in their own zone and basically like Tyson Berry was behind the net. The Oilers somehow got flagged for a too, many men, too many men on the ice when there was like no play happening. Um, like I said, little sus. But at the end of the day, um, I I saw a lot of Oilers fans complaining about this and saying that this was like the straw that broke the camel's back and, you know, the refs gave this game to Columbus. Um, sorry, uh, uh, beat Columbus. I, I don't care. <laughs> like, don't don't take your foot off the gas. Yeah, last, last I checked, all you got to do is score more goals. I know that that's a, you know, a, a very um, grade one level explanation of what you need to do to beat a team in that situation. But like, come on, you're better than Columbus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, because uh, then uh, as the Oilers were starting to put on pressure, Jack Roslovic scores his 21st of the season. You don't like to see that. And then with the net empty, Cole Sillinger, son of Mike, scores his f- 15th on the empty net to Pretty seal it 5-2 five, five for Columbus. Yeah, he's the, only, uh, he's the only 2021 draftee that's played the entire season. Yeah, and scored 15 goals in the NHL. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, so good for I, him. On a pretty like offensively inept Columbus squad, besides will, like Oliver Bjorkstrand. I will also eat my hat because when we did the State of the Union a little while ago, I remember making fun of Jack Roslevic and talking about how he was like healthy and stuff like that. So for for you to read out that he has twenty one goals means he definitely found his stride because I think he had like four at the halfway point of the season when we did the when we did the State of the Union. So good on good on Jack Roslevic. I forgot to mention Nick Blankenberg was the guy that scored the three, two goal on the power play. That was his first NHL goal. So 
congratulations, Nick, but actually, fuck you because you scored against the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> Stay out of my room, Nick. Anyways, kind of a disappointing game. Um, we, but I'm not, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, after the huge wins that the Oilers put together, I'm not, I'm not too, too, too bummed about things. Um, Just I, come out and win your next game. Yes. Because you can't, you can't go into the playoffs not firing on all cylinders. You can't go into the playoffs lackadaisical. Yeah, and, and at the same time, too, like, you want to clinch home ice. Like, don't don't settle for anything less. Clinch oh, home sure. ice, man. Like, fuck. I, I, we should you, say home ice for the first round. Yes, home ice yes. for the first round. But, and like, sorry, but there's a couple of things working on your side. You've got the great crowd. And holy smokes, the good luck charm, Ben Stelter. Oh, Ben. Sweet baby Ben. He, I mean, he, he, he might be, he might be the real MVP. He's, you know what? He's just a, a good little lad enjoying some good hockey and he should get to see as much hockey as he can. So get the freaking home game set. If you ever have a game seven, Ben gets to watch one more at home. That's all I'm saying. Make it happen. I've also been loving his, his, his dad posting the videos of him going play La Bamba, baby. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. Great, great stuff. Um, oh, I forgot to mention too on the Evander Kane twenty uh, 21st goal of the season. Uh, Connor McDavid also nabbed his 117th point, which is a career high for Connor McDavid. Crazy to think about. Crazy yeah. to think that that's a career high. Regardless, um, yes, continue as you were. Uh, and then, well, and then on the Leon Draisaitl goal, he also got his 118th point. So, um. We're approaching a 120-point season for McDavid. And, I mean, I know that a lot of people will be like, Ooh, uh, the NHL talks about Connor McDavid enough, but I don't think they are because, uh, like, he's having a really good season. Could and... you imagine? Could you imagine if that was, um, I don't know, Austin Orson? Matthews? Yeah, if Austin Matthews. 120! They'd have a freaking live tracker. Oh, one hundred percent. It would be there. There would be like an ISO cam on <laughs> on Austin Matthews as he like takes the puck from the defensive zone and just like dumps it out. Like he but would dump actually... it out. The puck would not be on a stick, but the ISO cam would still be on Austin Matthews. Uh, li- live live from the in between the glass here. I just looked over and Austin had a sip of Mitch's blue Gatorade. He's usually a yellow Gatorade guy. We're gonna <gasps> see how that's. We're going to see how that's going to impact his performance out there. Could that be the key to point one oh six? We're going to see, George. Like, that's the kind of shit that they'd be doing. Yeah, well, he would, he would take a sip of the blue Gatorade, and they'd be like, isn't Austin Matthews so funny? NHL players have so much personality. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> Look at what I'm doing! By the way, did you see that uh, Did you see that clip from uh, the ESPN broadcast? The The... The when Shaq drinks lotion. No, the. Uh... But do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, <laughs> that's insane. That Kenny the Jet made him drink lotion and For like showing him late. So, oh, that's nuts. Um, but no, the uh, the the clip between like Patrick Maroon and Wayne Simmons and uh, oh yeah, dude, uh, Leah Hextall going Simmons Maroon Simmons Maroon. Yeah, are you soft, whole... Wayne? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I would like to hear your thoughts on that. But uh, okay. are you done? Are you done with the hangover game, or can we move on to General Oilers? We can move on to General Oilers. Okay. Very cool. Um, 
Can we talk about Mike Smith for two minutes? Because we've talked about him a little bit. And I think that for the first time ever in one for one history, we've done a good job of, we'll get to that later where we don't just like immediately start talking about it. Michael Smith, Michael J Smith. I don't know if that's his middle initial, but I sure hope it is. Um, Nolan. Yes. I have some statistics and I know you do as well that I would like to read. If you would be so interested in hearing since turning 40 on March 22nd, Michael J. Smith is 9-1-0 with a 1.75 goals against average, a .949 save percentage, and two shutouts since turning 40. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, he's been good. That's he's crazy, good. Swayze. Yeah, um, yeah I, I was very skeptical of the whole we need Mike Smith to come back healthy thing because I thought that that was a little bit of posturing by the management scapegoat yeah it's kind of the like you know there's still hope and it was kind of more of of an excuse that the oilers couldn't find a proper number one goaltender but um no he's been really good and has i've been very thankful that he's been as great as he is uh i still show a little trepidation good word not he will keep this up uh for four rounds of hockey because I think that is a little bit uh, of an optimistic outlook and I like to be a little bit more of a realist but no it's it it makes me happy to see uh and yeah there's not really much else to say he's he's been really good um it during the month of April which you kind of already mentioned this too uh he ranks with the with the wins the save percentage and the goals against average he ranks first second and third among all starters with at least five games started insane yeah that's pretty crazy we are still asking Michael J Smith to cut his kids hair we are still banging that for the love of God just do it just do it Shia LaBeouf meme funny um Mike Smith we're proud of you keep doing your thing keep rocking and rolling I am sad that it's eating into Miko Miko season because Miko was hot for a while man Miko was playing really good hockey yep. and he's got really good numbers to go along this season but uh I also get the ride the hot hand argument and I mean if you roll into the playoffs with a goalie playing the way that Mike Smith is like saddle up let him go and I don't I don't like to see, like, you know what I mean? I don't like to see a, another good goalie not getting an opportunity or whatever, but at the end of the day, if he's hot, he's hot. You got to do it. I've also just like seeing how supportive Miko has been. Um, yeah, he's been a great teammate. Yeah, he, he has been. He's been, he's been. he's been all over Mike and very happy for him, so that's good to see. Oh, by the way, Miles, uh, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you care at all, but the Boston Celtics completed their sweep of the Brooklyn Nets. I saw, I literally just opened my phone and saw like a when LeBron sees Kyrie in the Maldives um, meme. And I was like, oh, I guess they must have swept them. That's so funny. Ben Simmons is a skunk, dude. Oh, he's a loser. I, (laughs) I'm typically a very pro player guy, but this Ben Simmons fiasco is one of the biggest loser moves I've ever seen from an NBA player. You've, you've like... I'm sorry. If you're going to show up to the court looking like the freaking Joker and uh, trying to get all the attention on you with your outrageous outfits um, and you're medically cleared to play, but yet you're doing this whole like he's not mentally ready to come back. I don't buy that bullshit whatsoever. Like your team's down 3-0. You couldn't come back to help them out. Come on. And you're supposed to be a star. He better come back next year and like average 
25 points a game or something. Like it's got to be stupid to, to justify what's going on. But it seems like Brooklyn is a bit of a is a bit of a bit of a dumpster fire right now. I also would not give Kyrie Irving a long-term deal. Then Stephen A. Smith had some heat, I, heat today. Okay, Darnell. Speaking of heat, Darnell Nurse is hurt. We're upset yes. about that. We're feeling the heat yes. of the injury bug as we head into playoffs. Um, lower body. Yep, LBI. Uh, LBI. Ankle issue. Uh, Oilers thinking you should be okay. Um. I would prefer to not be playing uh, Chris Russell 16 minutes a game, but uh, I guess that's what you got to do when uh, your number one defenseman is out. So speedy recovery to Leon. Please get massages. Yeah, sorry. Um, Darnell, I feel better. We love you, Darnell. We're thinking about you. Okay, Uh, we're going to quickly go through some of the stuff, and then we'll go to NHL stuff, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um. So uh, I wanted to mention this with Evander Kane uh, because I'm a little concerned, Miles. Um, me, being the body language expert, have found that Connor McDavid really likes Evander Kane. And throwing out the off-the-ice concerns with Evander Kane, because there are off-the-ice concerns with Evander Kane. Multiple off-the-ice concerns. M- multiple. Um I, I don't like the idea of giving Evander Kane uh, a, a a contract longer than one year uh, because, mm. first and foremost, I think you have important young players to lock up. I think that you need to obviously lock up Yasipoli-Yarvi. You need to lock yeah, up. I would be open to the idea of moving on from Kyler Yamamoto if you could find an alternative upgrade. I'm Fair. I think that's a fair statement. I think that that's fine. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think you need to lock up Ryan McLeod as fast as you can because I think that he's starting to show a lot of instincts that are really tough to find in young players. And at the end of the day, speed kills in the NHL. And you need to have speed, and he has plenty of that. And he's extremely situational and versatile. And like, if he's a baby nuge with less offensive upside, I'm not mad about that whatsoever. No, I think he can be an, an important, an important piece to your bottom six for in the next five to ten years. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you have the looming Evan Bouchard extension. And to be completely honest, I would also like them to look into bringing Brett Brett Kulak if you could get him back for a decent number, like in that $2.5 million range, uh, because I think that would be really perfect to sort of move around, especially if maybe, possibly, who knows, Duncan Keith might retire. Who knows? Leaving a little extra cap space. Um, But the the biggest thing for me is I, I don't, like the idea because Evander Kane is very much a guy that's on a heater right now. And if the Oilers learn their lesson from last year, which they signed Tyson Berry to a one-year prove-it deal so that he could come and score a bunch of points with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and make all kinds of money, and then that didn't happen, and so now he came back to the Oilers, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, he was the leading scorer among defensemen. Well, guess what? Uh, Not... Not not a great fit five on five, but you'd think that the team would learn their lesson and not be putting a bunch of money into older players because at the end of the day, this team needs to start thinking about the future. And I'm sorry if you're signing Evander Kane to three year, three four five years, you are now taking spots away from guys like Dylan Holloway, 
eventually Carter Savoy, Matvey Petrov, uh, Xavier Borgo, like these are Itulio, guys. Itulio, there's lots Itulio, of options. Yeah, like lots of things coming up the pipeline. So I get you. We never even said Raphael Lavoie. Like, I don't know if he's at that point yet or if he's going to make that step, but you need to have the flexibility to do it. And I agree with you. I don't think that Kane is. But. It, yeah. Okay, go ahead. But the thing is, is that Connor McDavid seems to love him. Uh, I, I, I've been watching a lot of the like on the bench stuff. And the amount of like, you know, this this comes from this this comes from years of uh, you know, being in you know, uh, uh, I'm not gonna get into this actually, <laughs> um, but you can tell when two people really like each other, oh my and God. and uh, Connor McDavid and Evander Kane really like each other, and I don't think Connor likes ESA all that much. That's my hot take. It's a very hot take of mine. And that leads me to believe that I think Ken Holland might trade DSA Pulley RV this offseason. Wow. Okay. We got the hot take artist making. Yeah. Um, I'm really worried. I think that there's a lot of negative energy from Edmonton media. And especially, I, I watched the tea leaves from Bob Stoffer a little bit too much um, because I think that the. I think that the plan this offseason, uh, Vander Kane is rep by Dan Milstein, who is like very famous for dealing with like Russian athletes and stuff like that. Uh, he's rep by he's rep by Milstein. Uh, Ken Holland has worked with Milstein plenty of times, as he mentioned. Yeah, he was Pavel Datsuk's agent. So uh, uh, one more fucking Detroit reference by Ken Holland. Uh, Want you win a Stanley Cup first, Ken? But anyways, uh, and with Evander Kane. Uh, Dan Milstein also represents a KHL star Andre Kuzmenko, who has been linked to the Edmonton Oilers, which makes me very excited because Kuzmenko seems like a really great player and potentially somebody that could come in and like to put this into perspective, his numbers are like Panarin, like Kaprizov levels mm-hmm. in the KHL. So a uh, really good KHL player, but at the same time, if that means that we have to sign Evander Kane for three years as like a two for one sort of deal, because it's like, well, you'll bring back my client here. Then I will, I will enforce this guy to sign with you guys. I don't like that idea as much as I really like Andre Kuzmenko. Um, but I hope for something different. Uh, but I just, I have this, I have this sneaky suspicion, man. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to production. And like if, if Evander Kane is producing with Connor McDavid, we might look at this in two seasons and be like, that would have been a cold take or like what a cold take or something like that. Right. So we'll just let, let the chips fall where they may and, you know, focus on the here and now because there's a playoff push coming uh, or not a playoff push. There's a playoff run coming, hopefully something that we'd like to see happen. So you know, right now we've got to be big, big fans of Evander and let's 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 let the chips fall where they may. I have no comment. I want to see Evander score as many goals as possible. And I want him to make it as hard as possible on Ken Holland to not resign him. My so dream let's say that. My dream is that he scores like a bajillion goals in the playoffs, and then they're like, Watch. Evander Kane was on pace for it would have been is was scoring at like a sixty goal pace in the playoffs. The Oilers lift the Stanley Cup, then Ken can go to Connor and say, listen, I can't bring him back because he's... Listen, we won the Stanley Cup. 
don't you want to win more of these? And then Connor says, you know what? I think you're right. I think that's a good idea, Ken. And, and then, then Philly pays him $10 million a year. Exactly. And it, that's just, just as the world works. Or San Jose brings him. No, actually, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, okay. This last quick thing I just wanted to mention. Uh, Miles, I, I fucking hate. I hate NHL regional blackouts because this is driving me completely insane. I was only able to watch one of these games not on a like NHL like NHL live game center um uh, uh package or whatever because I don't get it. Like so we have we have like Bell satellite at our house and I get SportsNet West which is the channel that the, all the Oilers games are on. They will Sportsnet West will show other games on that channel, but then when the Oilers come on, it's blacked out. I don't like you know, this is the, the 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 best player in the world and arguably the second best player in the world, third best player, who however you want to do it, on the same team and you guys are going to fucking regionally black out these games? It's the same with like Toronto. Why do they do it in, why do they do it in fucking Western Canada as well? Like it makes no sense. I I don't I don't understand this whatsoever. And like even if you get Sportsnet now, you still get regional blackouts. Makes no sense. No sense. I'm angry. I don't like it. Anyways, sorry. That's my thing. I'll move on. Get rid of the restrictions. Freedom. Freedom. I'm I'm making like a rally joke. <laughs> um, Vinland is what it is. Um, NHL discussion. No. All right. Well, yeah, NHL discussion overall, Nolan. Yes. What's the first thing we got here? We want to start off with some sad news. Yeah. Passing of a couple legends in the world of hockey. You want to take the first one and I'll take the second one? That sounds lovely. Uh, not really lovely. But yeah, that's a that's, poor choice of yeah. words. Anyways, that sounds like a good idea. Um, anyways, unfortunately on April 15th, uh, legendary, legendary, New York Islander Mike Bossy passed away at the age of 65 after a battle with lung cancer uh, that he announced in October. Uh, Bossy was a four-time Stanley Cup champion with the Dynasty Islanders and was like one of the greatest goal scorers in a generation that included the likes of Wayne Gretzky, Marcel Dion, and Mario Lemieux. Like when people talk about the greatest goal scorers and stars of the NHL, I don't think enough people really actually talk about Mike Bossy. Um, yeah, simply I, because of his career, right? Yeah. It's where you lose a lot of it, but he's right up there with like a, with like a Bobby Hall, Brett Hall type of yeah. thing, where he's just a, a savant of scoring goals. Yeah, uh, fastest player to hit a hundred goals in, uh, uh, in his career holds the record for most consecutive fifty goal seasons with nine. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't even think Ovi's going to catch him. Uh, I think Ovi just tied him with nine. But I think his is like seasons. I don't think it's consecutive oh, seasons. Right, correct. Not consecutive. Yeah, it's yeah. career. Yeah, but I got that's you. also because Ovi has dealt with a bunch of bullshit lockouts and stuff. Fair. Um. Uh. And like career numbers of five hundred and seventy-three goals and one thousand one hundred and twenty-six points. Now you might look at those numbers and say, "Hey, that's that, that doesn't seem like very much." He did this all before the age of thirty, people, and he retired due to back issues. So, like, the guy probably didn't want to end his career, but he finished his career as a four-time Stanley Cup winner and and was a damn near 600-goal scorer before the age of 30. 
Yeah, that's even insane. even if the if the decline would have been rapid, he still would have been like a fifteen hundred point player. Yeah, if he would have got if he would have had a full time full time career. So crazy to think of what Mike Bossy could have been and what he was. And yeah, he's responsible for literally three Islers fan Islanders fans I can think of off the top of my head. He was he was a he was a fan base changer, right? He was a fantastic player and. Seemed like a pretty good guy, too, from all the stories that you heard about him. And this is also coming, like, two months after uh, after his line mate, Clark Gillies, passed away. Yeah, which, very sad. Yeah, incredibly sad. The, but, like, you, it just brings you back to remember about, like, just how great those Islanders teams were. Like, mm-hmm. insane teams. Do you want to take the next one, Miles? I do, Nolan. Well, I don't. But uh, on April 22nd, Guy Lafleur. Le Blanc, Le Dimon Blanc passed away at the age of 70. He was drafted in 1971, first overall by the Montreal Canadiens and played 17 seasons in the NHL for the Habs, the Rangers, and Quebec Nordiques. He's a folk hero in Quebec for playing for both of those teams. He won five Stanley Cups, all with the Canadiens, 73, 76, 77, 78, and 1979. What an absolute monster of a decade. Uh, some quick stats for the folks at home. In the QMJHL in his draft year, he scored, checks notes, 130 goals, 209 points in 62 games. Ridiculous. That's pretty gross. Some are saying that that is yucky. Uh, In 1,126 NHL games, he had 560 goals, 793 assists, 1,353 points. So put that in perspective to what we were just saying about uh, Mr. Bossy versus, you know, Guy Lafleur having a very long career and Mike Bossy having a very short career to give you an idea of his production. Not saying anything negative about Guy Lafleur there, just to highlight the numbers that Bossy was putting up. Um, Guy Lafleur was a three-time Art Ross winner, a two-time Hart winner, and a one-time Con Smythe winner. And like I said, a folk hero in Quebec. Um, you know, the, the the flower. He got a lot of uh, a lot of fanfare in Montreal and. Yeah, he was a great ambassador for the game. One of the NHL's uh, recent top 100 players named for his his time in the NHL. And yeah, sucks to see two stars of days past passing away, uh, passing away very young as well. By the way, the I don't know if you saw it last night, but the Montreal Canadiens uh, tribute to Guy Lafleur, just world class, tre- tremendous up and down. Absolutely. Yeah, they did a very, very good job. So, I mean, rest in peace to both of those men. uh, And thoughts are with their families and fans and teammates and everybody involved. Uh, Just sucks to see a couple legends of the game go. And especially as we're getting older ourselves, too, it just kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. Anyways, uh, and another guy that's really making us feel old, Ryan Getzlaff played his final NHL game last night. Number 15, played his whole career for the Ducks. Boo! Uh, won a cup in 07 against the Senators. The Avonlea SAS product is... Is that how I pronounce it? Avonlea? You got it. Thank you. SAS product played 1,157 games in the NHL. 282 goals, 737 assists for 1,019 points. And 960 PIMS. Won a World Junior Gold. Also, two-time gold medalist. Uh, or sorry, Olympic gold medalist, highly respected. And while we hate the Ducks, it's nice that we can like Ryan, or Ryan Smith, Ryan Getzlaff again, Miles. 
Yeah, it sucked that he played for the Ducks and played for some pretty good Duck teams, that, especially when the Oilers were very stinky, that always seemed to beat them up and uh, was part of that Ducks team that had the had this, the poopy second round against the Oilers with the fake calls and the cheats and the whatnot. Uh, but like like you said, Nolan, it's nice that we can finally be a fan of Ryan Getzlaff again because he was, yeah, he's, he's a great ambassador for Saskatchewan hockey players and somebody that has done some very great things in, in his Avonlea community and his Saskatchewan community overall and is just a like really solid human. Like you can tell that he got to play hockey in a market that he's not getting attacked in and was really able to kind of keep the like homegrown roots of a of a humble Sask boy. And he's like from everybody you talk to, he's the same guy he's always been. So it's really cool that Ryan Getzlaff had the longevity he did, had the career he did and and got to win a cup. Uh, likely a Hall of Fame career for him. So very, very cool that uh, he's now able to ride off into the sunset. Who's your Who's your favorite Getzlaff, Ryan or Chris? <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> not, That's a funny question, though. Not Saskatchewan Rough Riders legend, Chris. Is no, he also I'm, a real estate agent now? That's a great question. I think he is. I think I'd, he might be. Fact check us. Get at get at us in the comments Dude, if you I bought a house from. I, I need from to come. Chris. I, I need to come back to Regina so I can buy a house from Chris Getzlaff. We'll play around at the Avonlea Golf Course because they have both of their jerseys hung up. That's sick. Actually, no free ads, but pretty fun course. Dude, I'm I'm bringing my clubs out this summer. Yeah, we'll get what we'll get around and we'll shotgun some we'll, beers. We'll hit we'll 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 hit we'll hit the gosh darn links. We'll hit the gosh darn links. Bring your loudest shirt. We're going to look like dicks. Um, this is a fun one, Nolan. This is one that I was excited to talk about uh, because this is a feel-good story that's going to make your make your heart happy. Arizona Coyotes player Boko Imama made his NHL debut uh, this week. Uh, I think the NHL did a good job of showcasing a black athlete with a, a hell of a pro origin story. We'll get into that a little bit here without making it a look at me type thing. So good on the NHL, but ultimately we're talking about the man here, Boko born in Montreal to parents who immigrated to Canada from the Congo. He played his minor, not minor, but his junior hockey in the QMJHL he played five years there uh, after being drafted. He bounced between the ECHL and ACAHL. Um, sorry, I butchered that. Bounced between the ECHL and AHL, but ultimately found a home in Tucson. He's faced some horrific racism in his AHL career. Notably, um, Oilers fans, you may remember the name Brandon Manning. Wait, isn't that the guy that broke Connor McDavid's leg? Yeah. Or no, tried to f- broke his collarbone, sorry. Um, no, that is the guy who made racist comments uh, in the AHL and got a five-game five game suspension. Side note, after Manning's five-game suspension, he played against Boko's team, and Boko beat the fucking wheels off of him at center ice. For the third and final time this episode, Nolan, we are using the term rock star. If you haven't seen the video, check it out, because it is a six-foot-one, 260-some-pound man just pummeling Brandon Manning, and it's... It's it's something to behold. Um, so after that happened, you think that people would kind of figure things out? Nope. This year, um, I can't remember the kid's name. It's not worth remembering because he's an asshole. But he made some more racist comments towards uh, Boko, and he got suspended 30 games in the AHL. Uh, but Boko put that behind him. He persevered and made his NHL debut this week for the Arizona Coyotes. And in his second NHL game, he scored his first NHL goal against the St. Louis Blues. 
So shout out to Boko and Mama. Good for you, my dude. Keep it up. Hell yeah, man! It's this is this is great to see. It's uh, it's one of it's like you don't even need to bring the the like the racial aspect into it. It's just a really great story to see like those guys grind it out in the ECHL and eventually work their way into an NHL game. Like yeah, hell, hell yeah, man! Like the Coyotes don't have much to play for right now, but that's like that's awesome. We like that's you love like you love to see that. That's a great story. It is. Um, any other comments there on Nolan, or can we wrap this episode up with a quick little discussion that I have here? We can, we, we, we can do, we can do this. We can do the discussion miles. I don't know how quick this is going to be, but guess what? There are a few things in life that are constant Nolan, um, changing of the seasons, um, lemon meringue pie being delicious and the NHL social media being fucking ass. (laughs) So today, the NHL pissed me off when they started posting a bunch of these snippets like, for the first time in history, all Eastern Conference teams have 100 points. Look at how exceptional this is. Look at how great and strong the Eastern Conference is. Between all these teams, they have 100 points. Bleh, bleh, bleh. What they neglect to tell Nolan is that once you get outside of the playoffs, which these eight teams, Nolan have been basically playoff guaranteed since like February, there's been no change in the stand and maybe a jostling of position here and there, but there's been no major change in the playoff race playoff picture in the Eastern conference for months. It's been set in stone, get it tattooed on your ass. It's guaranteed. Um, that being said, once you get out of these 100-point mammoths, you have the New York Islanders with 80 points, the Columbus Blue Jackets with 79, the Buffalo Sabres with 73, the Red Wings with 72, the Senators with 69, nice, the New Jersey Devils with 62, the Flyers with 61, and the Canadians with 51. You put that comparatively, uh, that 70, that 80-point New York Islanders team would be like 12th in the Western conference. Yeah. The disparity in this Eastern conference is, is abysmal. So, I get good teams. Are, I get good teams are going to win yeah. more often than not and are going to beat bad teams, but like it, it, it shouldn't be celebrated. And I think that that kind of makes you like um, whatever it's history, but I think it kind of makes you look Mickey mouse in my opinion. Um. Do, do do you want to do you want to do you want to ask the other question that you had that you had in here as well and then we can kind of talk about it like in general sure because okay. this whole discussion about parity uh in the in the conferences or in the eastern conference this year and i get that this doesn't happen every year but it's 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 brought up the overarching question of is it time to consider a playoff for a play in playoff format kind of like the NBA in the NHL since they have expanded to 32 teams. Nolan. Clock is um, yours. Or is yours. To be completely honest, uh I think that a lot of the like parity discussion in this season has kind of been overblown. Um the way that the way that I see it is these things go up and down. Like it, it's uh, to like like to quote Ken Holland, uh the quality of teams go up and down like a toilet seat. And Year after year, there, there, there's always something new. So one, one of the biggest things that's that's kind of driven me nuts is, uh, and I was actually talking about this with uh, with our good old pal Kyle, is that 
I see Leaf fans complain, uh, complaining about that they they want to go back to the one versus eight system, like they like they want to go back to the like top yeah. eight, you know top eight the conference thing, yeah. because they're like, why do we have to play Boston or Tampa Bay uh, when we should realistically have to play Pittsburgh? It's like you know, this playoff format has been like this for like ten years, okay. And I didn't hear any of you complaining about it when the fucking California teams were rolling through the NHL and there was uh, th- these juggernauts that were the the Los Angeles Kings, the San Jose Sharks, and the Anaheim Ducks. Like the 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 point of the matter is this: is like the the league goes through these peaks and valleys with teams, right, and with divisions and with conferences, right. So I think when it comes to this season. Especially, like, really, you could look at the Islanders. Did the Islanders drop a lot of points? Yeah, but they also started off the beginning of their season on the road, basically, the entire time. Then they got destroyed by COVID. Like, it was kind of a shitty situation, but I don't expect a season like this to happen again next year. And when we get into a discussion about the play-in format... as you know, I love the NBA. I absolutely, I absolutely love it. Um, but one of the things that's already been brought up with, with with the play-in, and we're two years into the play-in, one of the things that's already been brought up is: does it seem fair that a team that had forty-five wins could be beat by a team that had thirty-six wins? Right? I don't necessarily agree with that. At, at the end of the day, like you, like you got to win the game. Um, but I think with, with with something like a play-in, you're getting to a point where then you're going to have to go into probably like a you were like we're going back to the conference format. And yeah, is that one game going to be really, really, really exciting? Yeah, but I also think it's way too early into the process of the NBA where like the the experiment has only gone so far, and I think we need to kind of give that a little bit more time before the NHL follows suit because I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't trust the NHL all that much. Which is fair. But I mean, you have to take into consideration too that the NHL just signed a massive TV deal with TNT. Um, They've just introduced a new team in a market that hasn't had a professional sports team for a little while. They need to strike while the iron's hot. And I'm not saying that Seattle would have been anywhere near a play-in team this season. But there needs to be something that gets the NHL. This is an opportunity for the NHL to be like a topic of discussion for another night you know what i mean this is an opportunity for the nhl to get a spotlight on it for like you just said a really 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 exciting game that may get some people tuning in and may get them watching and and taking in some new sports that they haven't seen a new sport that they haven't seen before so um i don't know i'm just chapped because like again in the eastern conference this year and like at the start of the year a lot of people are saying the pacific division was going to be asked a lot of people are saying that that was going to be the bottom of the barrel of the nhl but uh, this this Eastern Conference has been really boring and it would be cool or nice to see like an injection of like a Morris Sider and Lucas Raymond led uh, Red Wings team maybe having a shot at something, right? That's what I'm looking for is I'm looking for storylines. I'm looking for excitement because um, this NHL season has been pretty good and has seen like what 10 guys score 100 points yeah it's really like cool his, historic scoring number historic level of offense so just imagine if you paired that with some like new rivalry born out of a playing round i saying. also i also just think too like 
to be honest, like I, I think that the NHL has way way bigger fish to fry before we even start discussing like the playoff formats because, like the the like like NHL officiating, for example has oh, been God. so fucking inconsistent and if you guys are going to plan on your whole uh if you guys are going to uh, plan your whole uh partnering with gambling and all that shit like i i i i don't i don't i don't i don't see what the i don't i don't see what the game plan is and i think that once you start to have like bet mgm and stuff like and people in Vegas starting to complain about the odds make or about the odds making in these games, because unfortunately a certain ref uh, seems to not call certain infractions against a certain team. Well, then I think you have a bit of an issue right there. Um, so I just think that there's, there's a few more things that they need to take care of before I'm, I'm even really concerned with that, but I, I, I do see where you're coming from. I also just, I, like I said, I just think that, that, that the play in idea could just, I think it just needs a little bit more time before we can really decide whether or not like, like the play in is a really good idea at the end of the day. For sure. And there, I'm not saying that the play in is the be all end all, but like yeah. the NFL introduced another wild card seat yeah. or seed, right? The uh, MLB has like a, a play in type format. The NBA has a play in type format. The NHL is the only major sports team our sports league that has not only introduced two new teams in the past couple of seasons, but hasn't changed its playoff format. So I think that it is certainly time for the owners and the GMs to, to sit down with the league and at least look at or talk about a change, because the fact that you're not talking about it means that we're probably three, four years away from ever seeing anything happen. So time's yeah. a ticking. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention this. I don't know where this came from, but by the way, in a year of historic scoring, John Tavares is under a point per game, eleven million dollars, people. <laughs> and that is what enough people. That is what people. Not enough people are talking about is the lack of production from the uh, from the ten million dollar man. Eleven. I'm eleven million dollar man. How could I forget? How could I be so stupid? Do you know what's insane though? That the San Jose Sharks almost paid him like fourteen million dollars a year. Oh my god. Could you imagine would... Carlson and freaking John Tavares? Actually, I guess I wouldn't trade it for Carlson if that were the case. But that's but Brett fucking Burns, insane. Carlson, Vlasic, yeah. all just eating your books. Nom, 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 nom. I can see the Yucky. willies. Well, Miles, successful week. But the Oilers have three more games left in the regular season. And we're going to do a full-blown playoff preview on the next episode. Uh, we're going to try to record on Sunday before everything, uh, before the hammer, the hammer comes down. But yeah, boy. This week, we got Pittsburgh on Tuesday, the 26th. We've got San Jose on Thursday, the 28th. Thank you very much, San Jose, for uh, beating Vegas in the shootout last night. We'll get to the Vegas storylines, I think, probably on the next episode. And finally, the season finale against the Vancouver Canucks on Friday, April 29th. My sister is going to this game. I'm very jealous of her. That's not very nice, Chelsea. You fucking asshole. Uh, Miles, what are your predictions? Uh, my predictions are that they end the season uh, hot, 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 3-0, and and that Leon wins the Rocket Richard, and Connor wins, Connor wins the Art Ross. I'm going to say 3-0, Connor wins the Art Ross. Um, yeah, I think the Oilers are going to go in as the hottest team in the NHL. 
it hot, was, hot, with, hot, with baby. With the exception of the Florida Panthers, of course. Yeah, because like, we won like 14 in a row or something. Disgusting. Um, I saw a graphic today, actually. I just want to mention this super quick because it's funny. And like, what's a day without some some flyer slander? Um, Claude Giroux has won 15 games in the last four weeks where the oh yeah I where the this, philadelphia yeah. flyers have 14 wins in the last four months <laughs> the flyers are so fucked dude he went from two two separate consecutive 10 game losing streaks to being on the president's trophy winning team being on a stanley cup contender like t- talk about finessing that's so sick. I, I, I only, and you know, what's insane is that apparently he's like heavily considering the Ottawa senators as his next destination. In the oh, God, season. that's so French. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh it's my like, God. Oh yeah. I'm playing in, I'm playing in the sun and Alexander Barkov and no nope. tax. Yeah. Nope. Going to go to one of the most expensive cities on earth. Actually, pain without love, pain can't get enough. I saw some, I think they were like, I think they were talking about it like 32 thoughts. So they're like, they said, Oh yeah. Claude Giroux is considering Ottawa. He's building a house there. I'm like, can you build a house in like a cheaper area that is not freezing cold? Uh, Actually, I shouldn't say that the Edmonton Oilers uh, have a very cold climate. Yeah, you could literally live in Winnipeg. Yeah, that's. Just... Well, I only wish the worst things on my mortal enemies, like Mark Shifley. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that about wraps it up. Miles, how about you take us out? Thanks for tuning in. It's been another great episode. Thanks for hanging out as we took a two-week break, but we are back. As Nolan mentioned, the playoff preview episode coming up, coming in hot. Uh, wanted to quickly give one shout-out to end the show. A uh, friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, passed away two years ago. And his celebration of life was this weekend on Saturday. So this episode is is dedicated to my good friend, Devin. Uh, miss you, buddy. And just if you can take any parting words from me from this episode, tell your friends that you care about them. Tell your friends you love them because you never know when you're not going to be able to. So take that into consideration next time you're fighting with somebody because they borrowed your favorite pair of shoes or because they uh, didn't like your latest Instagram. Because in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot more important things going on in the world so tell the people that you love you love them take care of yourselves and as always go oilers go go oilers go